Welcome to the Sony Pictures Network's Go Beyond podcast, where we go beyond the surface and uncover the extraordinary. I'm your host, Akshay Kapoor. They say when the going gets tough, the tough get going, but one never truly realizes how tough they can be until they are pushed beyond the precipice. It is only then that we find the untapped reservoirs of strength and courage that we never knew we had within us. Today's guest, like a phoenix rising from the ashes, turned tragedy into triumph by converting a life-altering accident into just another obstacle for her to go beyond. Her resilience and courage have been recognized in India and across the world, including by Forbes and ESPN India and by the BBC. It is an honor and a privilege to welcome the women's singles world champion in para badminton and an icon for Paralympic athletes across India, Mansi Joshi. Mansi, how are you feeling today? Hi Akshay, thank you for having me. I am really happy to be a part of this podcast. We are glad to have you here. And I think naturally the first question has to be, when did you fall in love with badminton? I think when I was uh, six, uh, or maybe even younger than that. And I remember my father would take me out for an evening walk and we would just take a racket and shuttle with us. And I think uh, that was this age where I really fell in love with that sport. And that young age, did you also know you wanted to play badminton professionally? Or is that an ambition that came to you later on in life? No, no. My only ambition at that time was to play the sport for as a hobby, for fun. And uh, still, I was playing uh, school level, district level tournaments, but I never wanted to become a professional. But yeah, the skill, badminton, it actually taught me so many things uh, later on in life. But the sport actually helped me to keep on pushing myself. It helped me in my rehab. It helped me how to be a leader. It helped me how to accept a loss. And I think for me, that is one of the biggest learning from the sport. May I ask you, Mansi, about the one fateful morning and how destiny sort of took that as an opportunity to then take you into professional athletics in the long term. The incident in your case that could have been drastically life-altering, but in many ways became an, just an obstacle for Mansi Josie to overcome. Well, uh, I don't believe in destiny because I feel uh, you create yourself. Only with your hard work, you can do wonders. And when I met with an accident, many people told me that must be your destiny. And I was like, no, it was not my destiny. I met with an accident because it was somebody's mistake. And that's how I became a person with disability and I have to live with it lifelong. And what I do today, the efforts that I put in, it's not a part of somebody's plan. It is my plan, how I decide to spend my time today. So when I met with an accident, even I felt, you know, what if this is a destiny? But within two, four days, I realized this cannot be my destiny. I am going to ask questions. I am going to rise above this. It was 2nd of December 2011. I was on my way to work. The signal that I used to pass was not working. That day, I was not supposed to go to office. That day was my grandmother's ear operation and all of us were supposed to stay at home uh, or go to hospital. But uh, last minute, the operation got cancelled and I then uh, left for work. When I left for work, it was around 8.30 in the morning and within 10 minutes, I met with an accident. I called up my parents saying, please come and pick me. It's a little scary and there are a lot of people and it was a difficult moment. My father just rushed 
to the accident spot in this car and they picked me up I mean there were multiple people and they picked me up in a like a very weird police uh, gaadi and took me to a hospital from that hospital we went to another hospital by the time i reached to the next hospital and i was operated upon it was almost 5:30 in the evening so from morning 8:45 to 5:30 i'd lost that kind of time in a busy city like mumbai with one of the best health facilities i still lost that time and unfortunately i uh, lost my limb to that accident and yeah i was in hospital for 45 days every 5 to 7 days i would undergo a surgery for my whole family it was a time of where we all were scared but then everybody had to push through it because you can't remain uh, disheartened or disappointed or questioning that you know why me you just have to act i was 22 at that time fresh out of college having multiple dreams and uh, to see my parents see me uh, in such a in this state i would feel sad for them not for myself <laughs> and i think i had great support from my family i had great support from my school friends i had college friends i had office friends can you tell us how your family and friends then became a sense of support for you uh, or the strength you found within yourself to accept what had happened and to move past it i think acceptance allows you to deal with a loss it once you accept that this is how it's going to be you start working on things to improve your quality of life when i came home it was a reality check for me i had to relearn everything from standing to you know using washroom to sitting to sleeping my first day when i came home my first question was what if i don't realize that i don't have a leg and what if i try to go to a bathroom and i fall i mean i had some very stupid questions initially And how soon after uh, you came home did you procure your prosthetic limb for walking? It took me two and a half months for all my wounds to heal and muscles and everything to recover. And then I started with working on my prosthesis. And within one and a half months of learning little bit of how to walk, I rejoined office. Wow. During almost four months of ups and downs, may I ask you: Was there anything that you never wanted from the people around you? They were always giving you, and then conversely, something that people you wanted from people, but it might have been in short supply. So I think I was getting a lot of sympathy, and this is what I didn't want. A lot of unsolicited advice. Yeah, I really felt that I'll take my own time to heal, to recover, and not physically but mentally. And uh, I knew that I will recover quickly. I remember when I was in hospital, I had accepted that uh, I'm going to be living next chapter of my life as a person with disability. There are so many people living like this. I will be doing the same. And there's nothing wrong in you know it's it's not my fault and it's not my problem. When I first time saw myself in the mirror, I felt, "Oh, this is who I have become," and it was a reality check. But then, since then, I had accepted uh, to look at myself in the mirror and not be too much of worried about how I look or what I have, what I don't have. The thing that I really didn't want people to be giving me was sympathy. But the thing that I really accept—I mean, wanted people to have—was a lot of understanding and empathy towards me. Absolutely. Can you tell us a little bit about how this transition came into your life where Mansi Joshi, the software engineer, now started competing almost semi-professionally and then professionally in a sport which was up until that point a hobby for you? 
there's this one very interesting story <laughs> that I would like to share. And this was when I was still, you know, learning how to walk. There was this one intra-company level tournament. In 2010, I had played that tournament and I had won a gold medal there. But in 2011, we had the same tournament. And the people who were part of it, they invited me that you have to be there. Don't play, you come and help us how to organize. And I went there, I went with my racket. And I took my brother and sister along. Uh, for a few minutes, we organized and then I said, yeah, I'm playing because uh, me and my brother, we used to play badminton in our colony. And I felt here also I can play. What's wrong with that? And within a few minutes, I started stretching, warming up and started playing. <laughs> and by the end of the day, I, I was again a gold medalist. This was 2012. 2013, again, I played the same tournament and won gold medal. And these two, three years I had made a lot of amputee friends people with disabilities and one of the friends after seeing pictures on social media suggested why don't you take up the sport in the para circuit. So I went for the first nationals tournament in 2014 and I won a silver medal and that too against the world number one Arjuna awardee. Wow. And I was like if I can win silver medal I'm making this big I'm going out and I participated my first international tournament in Spain in 2015 March and in the same year I won a silver medal in mixed doubles at World Championships. So you know the sport that I'd learned earlier in my childhood I kept on pursuing it even in my college and even after my accident it helped me to recover quickly in my rehab to learn better balance better. That sport also gave me an opportunity to represent myself and then my country at an international arena. 2015 to 2019 is my story of struggle in para badminton, playing multiple tournaments. And 2019, I won a gold medal. I become a world champion and I worked very hard. I, I made a lot of sacrifices. I quit my job. I started putting 100% in my sport. Right. In fact, I wanted to ask you exactly about that because we know that a lot of athletes have to make sacrifices. You're saying you quit your job. What are some of the other sacrifices you had to make in order to slowly transition into pursuing para badminton full time? So I'll tell you this reality of uh, disability sports and that is our sports is not equally funded. When I took up the decision that I want to play the sport professionally, I started putting in a lot of time and hours into uh, fine-tuning my skills. But then I later on realized that I need to have a sustainable income to keep on pursuing. When I left my job, I decided that no job is not going anywhere. Opportunities are there. It was very difficult to, you know, get leave, a uh, 10 days straight leave multiple times in a year. And uh, I was managing both as a sports person and as a full-time employee. But at some point I felt that, can I do more? Can I push myself as a person with disability? I wanted to push the boundaries of my physical self. And I thought this is the age where I can push this with full passion. I wanted to pursue it. And I gave myself some time that I made some savings and then I quit. But when I, I wanted to participate at various international tournaments, I was lacking funds. So I would do a fundraiser, I would ask corporates to support and it really helped. But I felt as if these fundraisers are not sustainable. I only need to have a sustainable income because our sport is not funded. I again, within few months, I rejoined workforce. I started pursuing both sports and my office, started to manage my time. And that is when I realized that my life is not going to be easy if I want to pursue sports. 
my biggest issue is financial security as a sports person also as a person with disability the finances that i have to bear is completely different than I, any other people so i had to have a sustainable income sustainable job then my prosthetics are super expensive so every 5 years i need to replace them and they cost me around 20 25 lakhs every 5 years it's huge cost that i have to bear so i rejoined workforce in 2019 i got an honorary job in public sector where i don't have to go to office and i get paid a monthly salary it's an honorary class a job which gives you good benefits uh, working in such organization in 2018 i shifted to hyderabad i started living alone so i currently have no social life monday to saturday i train two sessions one in morning and one in evening and sunday is a day i get off i have to rest recover and prepare for the next week so our social life goes for a toss so there are like n number of sacrifices and i have to keep on traveling every few weeks i'm traveling to a new destination for a tournament and it's not easy as a sports person with a disability we know that your sister nupur and your brother kunjan have been big supports in terms of like your coaching and your managing right for your professional athletics career i know from personal experience that having siblings is obviously a road filled with potholes and speed bumps <laughs> uh, <laughs> how has your relationship with your siblings evolved over the years So I have a younger sister and a younger brother. Both are, I think, the best people I have. My younger sister, she is now my manager. She's managing me, and uh, she's making sure that the time I u- utilize, I get paid for that. My younger brother, he was my coach. He's the one person who has made sure that continue playing the sport. I still remember this was 2015, 2014, 2015. We were still learning how to play uh, disabled badminton. My brother would watch videos and would teach me. This is the shot we have to try. Let's try, and we would put in hours on badminton court to just perfect a skill or perfect a shot. And this is the dedication. I mean, if I didn't have that dedication from my own family, I don't know if somebody else would be even interested in training me later. I think that's a lovely story. One of the other perks of course of being a professional athlete is traveling a lot for competitions, but there have been some interesting funny incidents during your travels as well, right? Oh, yes. So in 2019, there was this one time when my prosthetic charger broke and I had a very few percentage of charge left in my prosthetic leg and I had to get it repaired before I flew to China. I was in Thailand at that time and my next tournament after 2 days was in China. And I had almost no time. I had just finished my matches and I inquired in Bangkok where can I find a prosthetic center which can help me repair this. And I could not find any. Then I opened up my uh, charger and I realized that one of the wire has got loose or one of the connection has got loose. So I went to a repair center. and i asked one of the person to repair that unit and that guy first of all there was a language barrier he said it's difficult uh, when i suggested this is for my prosthetic which i'm currently wearing he was completely scared that what if he messes it up right and uh, i tried to convince him uh, somehow and he helped me but his work was not fine my equipment didn't work so i said aap baju hat jao mujhe de do ye soldering iron mai kar deti hu isko fix and that took some time i could fix it so you yourself were sitting and soldering the wire back into place for your charger 
Correct. And it helped. I fixed it. I flew to China and I was able to walk properly. But in China, another thing happened was that my sports prosthesis, it broke down. Right. And then you tell me in Australia, it didn't show up, right, for the full tournament. Correct. So this was 2018 and we flew from Hyderabad to Singapore and Singapore to Melbourne. My prosthetic leg does not fit the cabin uh, size restrictions. And usually these flights, they're very adamant about what fits in your cabin and what doesn't. They did not allow my prosthesis. Usually no flight allows my prosthesis uh, to be carried in cabin. I have to always check it in. I always say that, you know, this is like my leg and I'm giving it to you to be kept in uh, check-in. In Australia, in Melbourne, it took me four days for me to receive my prosthetic leg because it got lost in transit. As soon as I landed in Melbourne, when I didn't find my luggage, I complained and uh, they said, we will let you know. So the most difficult part was that airline was not a daily airline to Melbourne from Singapore and I had to wait for two days for them to give me an answer. Once they said, even in the second flight, it didn't come. We started raising issue and started posting online in our network and everywhere that we require help and support and tournament had begun and I had to play with my walking prosthesis it's quite heavy and it does not support the way my sports prosthesis supports but then I had no other option on the day after semi-finals one day before finals I receive it but by then I mean somehow I had qualified till semi-finals very tough for me but somehow I qualified and in finals I got my sports prosthetic and I played on that prosthetic that tournament, I won my first gold medal in singles. Wow. I have to ask you, you've talked about the fact that you have two different prosthetics. Can you shed some light about how, what makes them different and how you've adapted each of them to suit your need? So now I have three different prosthetics. One for walking, one for playing and one for fitness and running. So in my badminton, I don't have a knee. But in my running prosthesis, I have a sports knee which bends and recovers quickly. In my walking prosthesis, I have a knee which offers me a lot of resistance while I'm walking. So none can be used for other purpose, but all allow me to improve my quality of life. Understood. And the reason each of these has these different mechanisms is because of the different utilities, the movements and actions in each. Correct. Right. Mansi, we've come towards the end of our time with you, but we can't let you go without one final question. Now you're already the world champion. So how does Mansi Joshi plan to go beyond that? I think I want to be a person who changes perception, who contributes even in small quantity in changing perceptions around disability, para sports, in raising awareness, in speaking up, sharing more stories, getting other people to share their stories. Because, you know, when I say we don't, I could not get empathy. It was only because of lack of story sharing by people. And I think these podcasts, these opportunities that we get, it gives people a voice to share more. And this is what I want to hear. I want to live in a world which is an empathetic world, which understands problems of every individual by just sharing. And in future, I want to see more and more people with disabilities participate, not as like, we don't want social security. I want to see people with disabilities participate as equal taxpayers to the country by contributing for the development of the country. And I see that it's like in near future. 
not like in a far fetched future but a near future where everybody is equal and i want to be a contributor to that world that's fantastic mansi thank you so much for joining us here it's been a real privilege and and it's been a great experience getting to chat with you about your entire journey till date and learning about how you're planning to take things forward thanks akshay If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe to and follow the Go Beyond podcast on www.sonypicturesnetworks.com/podcast. We're also present on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and a host of other platforms. Don't forget to rate and review us too. I've been your host Akshay Kapoor, and I look forward to seeing you on our next journey into the beyond.